Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're here with the No Deal episode. Okay, we all know. On Monday, the deadline for the franchise tag came and passed at 4 p.m. Eastern. Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants did not agree to terms and sign a long-term deal. So now what does that mean? That means that Saquon Barkley will play for the Giants at some point, likely this season, at $10.1 million. You know, will he show up for the first game? We'll get to all that in a few minutes. We're going to get to that with Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. He's been all over this Saquon story. We'll get to that and a lot of key other key factors, such as why did a deal not get done? That's the most important thing here, right? And now, how do they how is this going to be handled moving forward? Now, let me tell you what I know and a few things from what I understand. So there was a significant effort made to get this deal done, especially late. Right on Monday, I actually thought this was trending in the right direction. I actually, let, let's go back to the start of the day. At the start of the day, we're basically nine months into this. There wasn't a lot of optimism. They really hadn't made a lot of progress. But as the day went along, they, they were getting somewhere. So you figure as they're getting somewhere, when it comes down to it, they'll be able to bridge that gap at the very end. And Saquon, with very little leverage, will take any decent deal. Right. And I did hear the $22 million number out there that there was an offer around there, guaranteed money, that he did turn down. Now, I am surprised by that. I will tell you that flat out. The guy was saying that was the magic number. I thought that if they got near that number, I know that's the floor to negotiations when it comes to people with the franchise. Otherwise, it's really not worth the player taking the deal. But I thought when it came down to it, if they got even near there, Saquon would just say, you know what? I want to stay in New York. I want to be in New York. I want to be here long term. This at least guarantees me the two tags. This is the best deal that's out there. This is the best I could probably get. And I thought he would take it. But he did. He didn't. He ended up not taking the deal. Now, we'll see why as we move along here. Ryan will answer some questions about probably why he didn't take the deal but I will say at that point I'm pretty surprised because look let's be honest the running back market sucks okay it's terrible we saw it in free agency Saquon Barkley that's his goal now his goal now is to get to free agency how how do I get to free agency because that's where I'm going to maximize my worth right because at least in free agency you have multiple teams bidding for you and you know that that's going to show you your worth. Like if if it's below what he thinks it is, there's no like, well, I can get more. No, no, it is what it is. Once you're a free agent, right? Those the teams that want you, they make their bids. You could use them against each other to bring the number up, but the market speaks for itself at that point. There's no like, no, I think I'm more valuable, and that's kind of 
I think where this fell apart was that Saquon had a difference of opinion than the Giants on his value. And I think the Giants, by the way, stretched as far as they were willing to go. Like, I think Joe Shane actually went further than he wanted to go and that he intended to go originally. I really do. But it wasn't enough for Saquon Barkley. And really, people at fault here are Dave Gettleman for putting Saquon in the situation and the Giants by drafting him number two overall. That's why we're sitting here at this point. And Saquon now is unsigned. I mean, yeah, he is unsigned. But he has the franchise tag hanging over his head. And... He was, the, he was the face of the franchise for the first five years of his career. But forget that for a second. Now Saquon has a decision. He mentioned this during his amped camp last month. He said, sitting out the season, sitting out games, would be part of the conversation. Part of the conversation if he didn't sign a long-term deal. So guess what? Now it's part of the conversation. He's going to sit down with his team and now decide what's the best route to getting to free agency. And it's giving the Giants as much hell as possible. Maybe they strike a, a, a deal to get them to come into camp to say, hey, we won't franchise tag you next year. Maybe that gets it done. But the bottom line is, now this is a story. This is a story hanging over the Giants' heads and hanging over the Giants' season. There's no way around it. It's going to be a topic nonstop. And the, the, the crazy part about it, is it's not going to go away because no matter what, he can't sign until after the season. So what does he want to do? Does he want to sit out games? Does he want to pressure them? I mean, you're going to hear nonstop him saying he's going to, you know, things thrown out there that he's going to miss time. He's going to miss games. Maybe he does a hold in. We'll get to that a little bit later, you know, but some way, shape or form to pressure the Giants said, listen, I am not happy. And trust me, he is not happy. I know this for fact. He is not happy with how this turned out. He wanted to sign a long-term deal with the Giants. He wanted long-term security. Who doesn't want long-term security? It didn't happen, and now he understands, hey, you know, he, he, from his perspective, I did everything for the Giants. I was the face of the franchise. I helped him get through tough times. And then ultimately, you didn't want to pay me like a top, top running back. And it's true. That there's, that there's truth to that. But the reason is because the running back market sucks. And now the running backs come out and complain about it, right? Uh, you know, we need to do something about it. Hey, you want to get paid and you think it's such a big, important position? Have somebody, one of these top running backs, think about it, okay? Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. On and on and on. Top running backs. How many combined Super Bowls do those guys have? Zero. The only way for you to get paid and for that position to get paid is prove you can build a Super Bowl winning roster with a high-priced running back. And until then, it's not going to change because teams are not going to want to try to construct their roster because it's not optimal. It is not. It's not optimal to build a roster with a high-priced running back. It is not optimal to build a roster with a high-priced running back. That is fact right now. Last big running back to win a Super Bowl, Marshawn Lynch. That's about a, de that's a decade ago. So that's why we're sitting here and Saquon Barkley is unsigned. Let's get to the details. On to the next one. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's bring on the New York Post's Ryan Dunleavy. He's been all over the Saquon story. Ryan, appreciate you taking the time here. What are you going to do now with your time now that the story is uh, settled down for a little bit at least? watch movies and eat vegetables <laughs> lord knows that's not true even the slightest we, we, maybe, we're actually maybe, going I'll, to... maybe i'll hop on the jonathan taylor beat and how he should get a uh how he how he the next running back who deserves a contract sorry just threw up in my mouth a little bit here uh yeah uh so you were you were all over this you know, the state one, and we got past the deadline. He did not sign a deal, right? There was no deal reached between the Giants and Saquon Barkley. Let's start with this. We'll, we'll kind of workshop it, right? Why do you think there was no deal? Because the Giants had all the leverage and didn't really want to give even an inch. Like, uh, they had him for $10.1 million. I understand they got up to 11, maybe 11 and a half million dollars uh, on their APY and 22 million dollars, the price of two franchise tags on their guarantee. Most agents say that's the baseline or the basement for where these negotiations st- should have started, not the finishing point for where they should have started. So basically what I think why there was no deal is they were so far apart to begin with that they both felt they gave so much that the very small gap that still existed at 345 yesterday with 15 minutes to go, both said, no, I've done all I can do. So, you know, they couldn't bridge the last two million or less because they both felt like they had given out so much because they had both started so far away. Doesn't that seem sort of petty by both sides? Like just, you know, I, I know you gave up a lot to get to where you were, but like you're that close. Is it really worth it? If you're Saquon Barkley to play this out, then not take it. Like I, we I, we talked about this, and I thought that once they got near that twenty-two million dollars guaranteed number, that the deal would ultimately get done, and Saquon would, you know, he doesn't have a lot of leverage, would have to take that deal. And you, you, I think you agreed with that, am I right? Uh, for part of it, I did, but the last couple weeks, I I thought that they were going to have to get to his final number. Uh, not, and it was going to be a little higher than the $22 million. He was going to want 
something to say I got more than two franchise tags was my perception the last maybe two weeks or so. But at the end of the day, he why do you think he didn't think that it was worth, okay, let's just, I'll take the two franchises guaranteed rather than having to insure myself for the difference for catastrophic injury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Have to go back to the market again next year. Who knows what the running back market is? We see that it sucks, right? Why not just take the two franchise tags? Is it a uh, pride I, thing, you think? I, I think two things. Pride comes into play because, like, look, it's hard. You and I have negotiated contract or, you know, salaries and jobs. You've negotiated houses and cars. Like, once you've turned down a better price, it's hard to accept a lesser price, right? So he had already turned down $13 million per year. So it was going to be hard for him to accept anything less. So... Uh, yeah, I think at the end, there's a pride thing. Like I already turned down more than this. I've been good since then. And you know, you, uh, are offering me less than I could have had before. So that's pride. And then there's some other emotions, right? I mean, think, I don't think, you know, you and I both know him very well and I think he's hurt, right? I think he felt like once a giant, always a giant is a real thing. And I said all the right things about being in the ring of honor and I, you know, propped up Daniel Jones when he was struggling. And I've never criticized the franchise when we were losing. And I didn't hold out on my fifth year option when I could have. Uh, I said I had to prove myself after injury. He feels like I'm the most popular jersey. I'd, I'm the NFL Man of the Year Award nominee. And I've done everything right. And at the end of the day, you didn't take care of me. Like, what more could I have done? And not just Joe Shane because his job is business, but the two owners who have been there, you know, since he was drafted at the end of the day, you guys didn't take care of me. I think there's a, maybe you shouldn't have emotion in business, but I think that's easy for me or you or any outside fan or agent to say, I think emotion played a part in this. And I think that's on both sides. Joe Shane is a hard line negotiator. And I think there was a stubbornness to him, just like there was an emotion, uh, a hurt emotion to Saquon. I think, though, he you almost needed to realize at some point that the Giants extended probably past where they felt comfortable yeah, as well, though. You know, like like if if we got Joe, Joe Shane on truth serum, he would be like, I don't want to pay a running back, like at, you know, like at all, like any sort of big number. I think Joe Shane was happy with 10 points. I think today Joe Shane is happy that he has him for one year and 10.1 million. I think absolutely. the That's what I mean. The Giants gave more than they wanted to give and Saquon gave more than they wanted to give. And that's why at the end of the day, neither one was willing to say, all right, let's bridge this last $2 million. Yeah. Now we, now what we have though is potential drama. Anybody could say what they want. We've seen these kind of things that could, affect lot the way they could affect locker rooms we saw Saquon when he was unhappy at the end of what was it 2021 and you saw what the the product that he put out on the field was it was it was he admitted he played poorly right he wasn't confident in himself he wasn't happy with the situation everything about it and you saw his play suffered as a result and that's not even taking into account the potential locker room problems that it could have like if say if there's an unhappy Saquon Barkley in the locker room Tell me if I'm wrong, but that just naturally feeds to other guys in the locker room. I think you hit it exactly. I think there's a misperception out there that like, oh, the Giants didn't take care of Saquon. So, and you've covered the NFL longer than me. So correct me if I'm wrong. You, There's a misperception out there that like, 
the Giants didn't take care of Saquon, so guys are now going to feel like they don't take care of their own. Well, they did take care of Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence. Right. And most guys really just say, like, are they going to take care of me? They don't really too much worry about, you know, those. But it's about how, how that relates to them. Yeah, exactly. Correct. But I think you hit on the other point. It's not so much the negotiation factor. It's the mood factor, right? It's the, uh, he's unhappy, you know, so like. It's a locker room suck, basically. Uh, a vibe suck, if that's a thing. And like, you know, if the Giants are struggling, you know, if the Giants are losing and, uh, you know, I don't think you're seeing the locker room, right? Yeah. Yeah. It has a way of spider webbing to other guys. And like, when you're around someone who's talking negatively so much, you naturally end up talking negatively. Exactly. Exactly. And there wasn't that's what was so cool about the Giants last year is they had this underachieving vibe and they looked so different than everybody else. And then they just did this kind of cookie cutter, we don't pay a running back thing that everybody in the NFL does. And now they're gonna have, you know, if they don't get off to a fast start, guys are gonna wonder, oh, is is this why? And, you know, injuries. I don't think you ever have to question Saquon Barkley's effort. I think if he's on the field, he's gonna give you everything he has. But like you said, there was a confidence factor that he admitted he was missing a couple years ago. That you know, now is he gonna? You could just see it in the way that he moved and interacted in the locker room. He just looked mopey, like miserable, like he wasn't. You know, like you know what I mean. And you could, you could just tell like things weren't go. You could tell when things aren't going well for somebody by just their body language and the way they interact. And I, you felt that with him in 2021. There's. Faking an injury, which guys we know sometimes do, especially hold in guys, right? And then there's pushing through an injury. I would never, ever accuse someone of Saquon's, you know, ilk to fake an injury. But last year, you and I both know he was in excruciating pain with his shoulder at times. And he gutted through it because it's a proving year and we're winning and I need to. If he has that same level of pain, after the Giants didn't take care of him. Is he going to be on the field? That's not faking an injury. That's, that's I'm not going to risk myself at 20 That's protecting yourself, really. Yeah. You're protecting yourself because you're investing in yourself. You're the asset. The Giants so, didn't invest in me. I have to invest in me. Right. That's clearly a thing that I believe is going through his head. Like He's not happy with how this all went out. And in his mind, he's saying to himself, they didn't want, and even though they did make offers, so it, I understand it's not completely fair, but his mindset is going to be, they didn't want to invest in me and what I'm worth. Yep. And now, how do I get what I'm worth? And the only real path to there, in my opinion, and I believe in his opinion, this is, this is what he's going to, the solution that he's going to come up with, is getting to free agency somehow and getting it elsewhere. Do you, Elsewhere, or maybe the Giants are one of the teams, but unless you have teams bidding on you, then I don't see a path where he's going to get that money. Correct. He was hoping to get to free agency this year. Um, they was hoping that the bet that his agency placed. That's the biggest miscalculation I believe they made. That the Giants would have to tag Daniel, which they were seven minutes away from. But you and- knew they were going to sign him. They should have known that. Yeah, they should. They should have. They, they were going to sign the quarterback. That was their priority. Yeah. 
So they placed the bet that he was going to, they were going to tag Daniel, that Saquon was going to get to free agency. Their belief is there were at least six teams that were interested in making an offer. What kind of offer? I don't know. We saw what actually happened to the running back market and how it tanked. Would he have been in that tank? Would he have got $8 million and whoa? Or would he have been the exception and got $12 million like Nick Chubb, the last contract? Even at $12 million, how many teams are giving him $22 million guaranteed? That's the real question. I heard, I heard someone mention that, and, and you know what? It's a fair point. And then his thought was, I'll bring it back to the Giants. They'll match it, and I'll have and free agency will work to my advantage there. Now, if he's a free agent after this year, I don't whatever he gets, I don't think he'd want the Giants to match it or the Giants have any injury in that. They're not matching it, right? Yeah, so I I think I think this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. No, I agree. I've been saying that publicly. Now, we keep talking about the twenty two million dollars guaranteed. Obviously, that's the floor for a player in his situation. You mentioned AAV, annual average salary, right? Um being part of the equation when when they did come up with the $22 million guaranteed offer, who cares about the average annual salary? You could always make that look good. They could add in incentives out through the roof to make it look good. I, I don't understand. What, how did that factor in? Yeah, I don't, uh, all I know is the Giants got to 11, and, 11 or 11 and a half, depending on you know which source you believe. And he was looking for more like 12 or 12 and a half. And like you said, they, there's ways that you just throw it. Alvin Kamara's contract is a perfect example. The last year has like a $25 million salary that raises the average AAV from 12 and a half to 15. So you could just do something like that. You could just add a million dollars each year right. to win the Super Bowl. We, so you, the chances are you're not getting the, any, any of those $4 million over four years. So the question is like, well, why did that matter to Saquon? Why did he just take 11 or 11 and a half? Because at the end of the contract, it's going to be fake anyway. Well, then why did it matter to the Giants? Why they could have just given him the 12 and a half with a fake year at the end? Like, why didn't either side just realize the AAV doesn't rip there? You could just play with it anyway, because they were both so stubborn at the end. They're making it sound like egos prevented a deal here. That I mean, I feel whether it's egos or feelings, I think uh, that's what I believe happened. Yeah. All right. Now let's get to how this moves forward. Okay. It is almost what? 600k a game like $560,000 a game or something yeah. if he sit if he sits out again well, you know Saquon Barkley you know he's very protective of his reputation can you see him a doing that knowing that it's going to be perceived by a, a, a lot of people as oh you know you're greedy you're you know you're you're a me first guy can you see him sitting out for knowing that's going to happen, knowing people are going to turn on him, knowing there's going to be a lot of heat on him and everyone's, there's going to be a lot of people very critical of him? Can you see him sitting out knowing all those things? I woke up yesterday morning, so deadline day morning, and thought, no chance. And that's what I felt the whole time, asking as many people I, as I know who know him, uh, not him directly, and then everybody thought, no chance. And... I asked it again at the end of last night, and people were like, "I don't know. He, the, 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 you know, he's really, you know, uh, feels disrespected." 
No, I'm still going to go no. I'm still going to say if I put the odds at who's the Giants. The, we, we, you and I were texting about the who's the Giants starting running back week one. I'm still going to say it's Saquon Barkley, maybe 60%, but I would have said like 95% probably yesterday. So I'm less sure, but you're right. I, th- I think three things matter a lot to him. Winning, his teammates, and his reputation and his stats and his legacy, right? He still wants to be an all-time great back. People could say that's not going to happen, whatever. He still want, He still has his eyes on rings of honor, you know, uh, Hall of Fame. That's still things he thinks he's capable of doing. So sitting out another year when he's already missed as much time as he has due to injury is going to take away a year of building that legacy. So no, I don't think that is going to happen, but I'm less... That's a less confident no than it was 24 hours ago. It's a very fine line because you mentioned those things. He wants to be an all-time great. But now he's in this season where he kind of needs to worry about getting through the season and protecting himself, right? I actually had an exec from another team say to me, you know, if he goes out there and plays on the tag and he has a great year and he carries the ball 300 times, his value actually is going going to go down because of the wear and tear on his body. Right. And the carries. And now he's a year older. So how does he navigate? Great. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, so it's really, really weird situation he's in. Right. Like almost like a no win situation for him, because how does he go out there and put up the big numbers and have that big year and do what he wants to do, but at the same time, protect himself moving forward? I guess the only way to do it would be to look your best and freshest still at the end of the season. I guess that's the only way to do it, right? Like, uh, because if he misses time, well, then he's not getting the heavy workload, but then he's going to get knocked for being injury prone. If he plays all 17 games, he's going to have the heavy workload. So you're right. It's a lose-lose. He's going to get knocked either way. I guess the only way to do it, and Saquon, I think, would admit this. I did a story for the Post a couple weeks ago on his, with his trainer at Exos. He felt at the end of the season like some of his speed burst was missing last year, right? I think everybody remembers the play against the Eagles where he got caught, where that was untypical Saquon. So I guess the only way he could do it is if if the Giants are in the playoffs or whatever it is, week 16, 17, 18, is to show he still has that burst. Then I would get. Then I would say, okay, he he can show, he can point to this and say, even with the wear and tear, I was you're getting the guy who in week 18 was still. what do you That's think be- about what do you think about him possibly pulling back, right? In regards to not wanting to be overused. Like it's hard for me to envision him playing and being okay with, you know, being used seventy five percent, you know, of maybe what, what he can do or what he has been used at. Like how do you think he would handle that? And you, you think it's something he would want? No, I mean, I think it's something that might be smart. It's something that might be advised to him. But no, I mean, he's a he's a competitor, man, right? Like, like it, we're on three. I have a hard time seeing it on happen. Third and, on third and one, he's going to say, in the heat of the moment, on third and one against the Eagles in the fourth quarter, he's going to say, nah, man, I've already had 18 touches. Give this one to Brightwell. Like, no, I, I no, I can't, I can't see it, and that's what it would be. It would be beneficial to him. Yeah, he no, doesn't need to go bang in there on third and ones. Yeah, you put well, Eric May or Gary Brightwell or whoever yeah, in there, and let them bang their head against the line of scrimmage. Absolutely, his agent at home will want the carry to go to Brightwell. Yeah, 
is, you know, his advisors will want it to go to Brightwell. But yeah, no, he's going to want the ball, of course. So, like, that's that's where running backs are, man. They're in this ridiculous catch-22 where, like, no matter what they do, they're wrong. What do you think is the likely option of when we see Saquon Barkley next at uh, a Giants practice or yeah, let's say practice or in their facility. How about that? Because he can't go into the facility until he signs the deal, right? Yeah. So I, my guess, if you ask me right now, would be the Monday before week one. So what is that? That's like September. Or what's the tenth? So uh, September. 4th. Yeah, September fourth. That would be my guess. September fourth. Now, there's all there's a part. You know the rules better than I do, Jordan. There's a part of the preseason that's called training camp, and there's a part. That's not training camp, like right. like maybe the prac the physicality of the practices tones down. So if you told me like it's actually August twenty eighth or whatever when camp is over and they have different guidelines, then I would say yeah, maybe it's August twenty eighth. But any part of like you know physical practices, he is not going preseason games. He is not going to be at so. I would say sometime probably after the last preseason game is when you see him. But you and I were just talking about this aspect too. There's also here a situation where his last bit of leverage would be, I will, I'm not coming. I'll come when you guys guarantee me a no second franchise tag. And maybe, maybe that gets him there a little bit earlier. If the Giants say to him on August 14th, hey, we really want you here. We won't tag you after next season if you show up by the end of the week. Maybe that is like some sort of last, you know, basic uh, unhappy compromise that he at least feels like he got something out of them. I feel like if they did put a franchise tag on him next year, like that's when we would see Scorch or Saquon. Like he would do everything possible to get himself out at that point like that would be the breaking point that i believe be tra- i think that would be the trade request he ha- he went through this whole thing without requesting a trade that would be the trade request i think yeah now mike tannenbaum had a very interesting thought right and tell me what you think of this when i heard it i was like you know that makes a lot of sense he ha- he, ha- he can maybe possibly do something like a hold in okay now, he shows up, like you said, September 4th, right? And then he says, you know what? I'm not ready for game action. I need a couple weeks to get ready here. Yep. Then so then he, he technically paid. isn't getting fined, but he could prove his point. Hey, let's see how you guys think you're fine without me. Go up against that Dallas defense, which, by the way, I don't think people even realize how good that Dallas defense is. It's one of the best defenses in the league. Like, if they finished as the number one defense this year, I would not be surprised. They added Stephon Gilmore to an already do- pretty dominant defense. You, That's an opportunity maybe for him to skirt getting fined, but yet proving his point, if only for one game. What do you think of that concept? Or Very it, does, it does mean Saquon would have to miss a game, and, you know, that kind of goes against what he believes in for, you know, team and teammates. It does. But I think his, I think he would think, and they probably he would probably be right that his teammates would understand that uh, that position. Uh, hey guys, sorry, I'm not right. Re- uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not there yet. I want this is a marathon, not a sprint. I want to make sure I'm healthy for. I need another week. I want to make sure I'm healthy for the long haul. I think 
they would probably understand that it would get across the point. Not only would he not get fined, he'd have to get paid his six hundred thousand dollars for that week. Uh, yeah, no, that over well with the Giants, though. Yeah, right? yeah that uh, <laughs> it's it cer- it's certainly a thought. I mean, it's certainly a thought that they and like obviously what needs to be said here, Jordan, is obviously Saquon took the bigger gamble yesterday because if he's great, they'll just tag him again, right? So. He took the bigger gamble because if he's not good or he's hurt, he has more to lose uh, and very little to gain. But all the things we're talking about here, the locker room drama, the idea that he might miss see what you are without me, like all these little, the fact that we're going to pound Dayball with questions, we're going to pound Brieta with questions, we're going to pound Shepard with questions. What did you think of this? Do you think they should have taken care of Shaquan? All that stuff that's going to annoy the Giants all summer, that's the risk they took. So it's not like they were risk-free in this. In this. No, that was the fine line that Joe Shane had to walk here. How much does he is he potentially threatening the season, the locker room, the system, everything they built by playing hardball with one of their most respected and best They had players. a kumbaya aspect to them the first year that's going to be gone now. Yeah, and everything kind of fell in their favor. Now, you know, you have this hanging over your head, a much more difficult schedule. Uh, Things don't quite look as bright as before. I'm curious. I haven't looked yet. I'll look later, maybe give it some time. I wonder if the Giants over-under has shifted at all. I think it was seven and a half. First of all, the general public does not believe in the Giants like Giant fans in general. Seven and a half is the same as last year, by the way. Yeah, I I thought they were going to win four last year. I'm closer to the seven, uh, seven or eight number this year, but uh, no, I think a nat- you look at them, and I think a regression is natural because they obviously overachieved based on uh, great coaching and based on their talent last year. More talent, more talented this year. Yes, better team, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll have a better record. So, and this now hangs over their head. So we 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 are going to be covering this nonstop. It's not going to go away. That's the thing about this. It has no chance of going away because they can't do anything about it until after the season. I mean, so this almost, automatically hang, hangs over and hovers over the season. Almost every week, Saquon and Dayball are going to be asked about what? Oh, wow. Saquon had a great game. Do you guys wish you had locked him up long term? Oh, wow. Saquon only had four carries. Was Do you think he was not uh, giving it? Are you phasing not, him out? Yeah. How do you, Dayball will handle that well, right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, it'll make for an interesting 2023. We're, we will also make for an interesting 2023 is coming up. I figured sometime during training camp, we have to reassemble the Giants beat episode. And uh, would Dunleavy do it or eat it? I think uh, we'll have to resurface at some point. The fans fans really enjoyed that segment, by the way. I got a lot of feedback. It's not even my podcast, and I got a lot. Of- <laughs> well, we'll do it again soon. You crushed this story. Way to be on top of it. Uh, I'm sure. Follow Ryan. Uh, give me give give your Twitter handle. Uh, it's at ry dunleavy, like the basketball family dunleavy at ry dunleavy. And I appreciate that. You know, you know how this job works. Uh, you're pushed by your colleagues. And I, when I heard uh, you were beating the ground last week, going to Saquon's high school where he works at. <laughs> I was like, Jordan's Jordan's a major threat here, so I appreciate that. It's people like you and me who can push each other to be good, so I appreciate that. I, all the respect. I appreciate it, man. All right, we'll talk again soon. On to the next one.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. That was a pretty awesome interview. I really enjoyed that. I think it was very informative. I hope you enjoyed it as well. We're going to finish up here with a little quick Jordan on the beat. This is the portion of the podcast where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. And I kind of touched upon it earlier, but this whole Saquon situation and the way it played out, what it portends to is now we are going to be talking about this Saquon situation until next offseason. Talking about at least until like next April, right? There's going to be constant stories. Think about it. There's going to be a story about what really went down on the contract negotiations from a Saquon perspective. There's going to be a story, what does he do leading into the, se- into the season? Does he sit out? Does he do this? There's going to be a story, when does he show up to camp? There's going to be a story when he actually does show up to camp. There's going to be a story when he plays his first game. There's going to be a story in the middle of the season with an update on, you know, where he is and contract and what, what's out, what's going to likely be out there for him. There's going to be a story at the end of the season. He's going to talk at the end of the season. He's going to talk during the season. These, this is a nonstop thing. And his teammates, by the way, they're going to have to ask questions about it. So from a perspective of a reporter, I mean, I am now once again the Saquon Barkley B reporter. Yes, the Giants are also a big story, but I am constantly going to be circling back to the Saquon story. It's going to be what people want to talk about. We'll probably have to talk about the running back situation in the NFL through Saquon's eyes. Like all these things are now on the docket for this season. So I can basically guarantee right now that I got five significant Saquon stories in me over the next, what, it's uh, July and we're, you know, to the end of the year. So five, six months, about once a month, there's going to be a big Saquon story. And then anything he says is going to fill in as news stories throughout. So this Saquon thing does does not go away, and that's why it hovers over a team. Everyone in that locker room is going to get asked over and over 10,000 ways, this way, that way, about Saquon and his contract situation. Is it affecting the locker room? You know, uh, is he happy? Is he miserable? Is he pissed? Is he, you know, does he have to go to the bathroom? Everything. That's the way this is going to be covered now because he is the most prominent player on the team. Heck, he goes by one name. There's not many players in the NFL in general that can just go by one name. You say Saquon. Everybody knows who Saquon is. Really, think about it. There's not even a lot of players like that. Like, I guess Peyton Manning was like that. Peyton is a pretty, you know, uh, unique name. So you say Peyton. Although I guess you could say, you mean Sean Peyton. Brady, but he doesn't just go by Brady. I mean, you, you pretty much, I don't know. I call him Tom Brady, no matter what. But when you call him Saquon, you just say Saquon. People know exactly who you're talking about. That is now a big story that I want to be covering for the entirety of this season. And it's funny. So when the Giants were bad and Odell was blowing up and he was just, everyone just wanted to know everything about Odell. I used to joke I was the Odell Beckham Jr. beat writer. Okay. And then, Say, you know, Odell fizzled out 
he ended up leaving. Saquon was now the star. He's the new hotshot in town, right, off that rookie year. And I became, the Giants still stunk. So I became the Saquon beat writer. Okay? Finally, they get good. You're like, okay, we're back to covering football, covering the team. And now we're back to this. And I almost revert back. And I, I used to, I had a business card at one point. And I crossed out, it says Giants reporter. And I crossed out Giants reporter. And I actually put Saquon reporter. And I sent it, and I sent it to him. I mean, this was years ago. So I might need to dig that out of my drug and be back to the Saquon Barkley reporter, which has its positives and negatives, I guess. But, uh, you know, here we are. This is where we are, and this is what the job entails. So that's what this season is going to be about. But guess what? Training camp is on the horizon. So we will be able to see the product the Giants are going to put on the field, at least without Saquon Barkley for the time being. And uh, I'll report to you about that. I'll detail some training camp plans coming up in the next week or so. But I have some new things that I'm, I'm thinking about doing. I want to pass them by you guys and see what you want as an audience in general. And I, I always appreciate your feedback. So we'll do this again soon. Next time we do it, we'll probably be, I guess I'll do maybe a Q&A right before the start of training camp. Uh, training camp Giants report next Tuesday, first practice next Wednesday. So Monday or Tuesday, I'll have another podcast for you. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.